Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, August 5th. Today on the show, the boys in gold go up to New England and face the best team in the Eastern Conference. We also have some golden nuggets from the guys at Club and Country. There is some more crazy news out of the Indianapolis Colts training camp. But of course, we begin with Julio Watch and other observations from Titans camp on Wednesday. So let me tell you guys a little story here, because you know the 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group. And a little story is about a friend of mine who is moving into a new home, but they need to renovate both sides of it. And they were on vacation for two months out of town while the work got done after they closed. And, and as it turns out, about a third of the way through their trip, all of the contractors just started disappearing. And this is a problem in this city when it comes to general contractors. And the Kingston Group knows that this is a problem. And they are trying to go at it head on by creating a trustworthy process, not only with over a decade's worth experience of work under their belt that they can show you proof of concept and evidence of how they've taken care of all of their clients every step of the way. Their process is what makes them the best. They will give you a budget and a process on the front end so that there are no surprises throughout the entire build. It is why you can trust them. Go to the website, buildkg.com, and remember the name, The Kingston Group. Here are some camp notes from Wednesday's practice for the Titans. Julio Jones did not practice at all, and Vrabel said afterward that they will be extremely cautious with Jones. And quote, so Julio watch will continue, end quote. Of course, they're going to be careful with Jones. It makes total sense. Harold Landry, Josh Reynolds, Ty Sambrello, and Dane Cruikshank all did not practice either. As far as punt returning goes, we have not talked about this yet this week. Chester Rogers, Cam Batson, and Mason Kinsey continue to rotate as the punt returner. One of the reasons I like Rogers to make this team is that he is not only one of the better options for returning punts, but has also been far more productive than the other guys in team drills as a true wide receiver. He's a fifth-year player. He offers a lot to the table. I think he's going to make the team. As the place kicker turns, continued as well, Sam Ficken went 7 of 8 and is now 13 of 14 in two days of practice. Tucker McCann was 6 of 8 with two misses. Ficken has looked like the more consistent option through two days of competition so far. The defensive line, however, was once again the big story, as Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, and Tyre Tart continue to be a major problem for the Titans' offensive line. Tart, in particular, has completely changed his body and has taken a major step forward, as we have talked about on the show now for a week and a half. And Mike Vrabel glowed about this group after practice. There are a lot of new faces on defense, but the pieces are coming together nicely, and on paper, and very early, you can see signs of improvement from last year. Now... There was nowhere to go but up, and as I said yesterday, the offensive line is not at full strength yet or health. Taylor Lewan is being brought along very slowly, as is to be expected. And the star left tackle had a lot to say about his personal journey back to the football field on Wednesday. I miss playing. I miss, I mean, it's crazy, it's, it's stupid, uh, but you miss practice. I remember waking up like two days after we got here because me and Roger came in here early uh, to help some of the rookies out, and obviously... Um, starting some good rehab and getting on the field and I woke up like two days later my legs are sore and I'm like stoked about it you know it's just nice to feel the pains and the, the, the um, football and you know getting callous back up I, I missed it all I think uh, a lot of people will see that in my game I've never had an injury before you know I've, I've been hurt but I've never I never had surgery before in my life I've never been under the knife but uh, I've never had a real injury and so this going through that process going through Points where you're like, am I ever going to be the same person again? You know, 
You know, you're relearning how to walk, you're relearning how to strength. Like, am I going to be strong enough to play this game again? It's kind of like a, there's a lot of ebbs and flows, not only physically, but emotionally as well. And so I had to go through a lot of that. And I'm just really appreciative to be where I'm at right now. That audio courtesy of Teron Davenport of ESPN. Certainly no one can sit here and say that the Titans' defense has improved and that the Titans' offense will be just as good just a week into camp and a couple of padded practices. But it is noticeable how much better the defensive line looks, and all of this without their number one draft pick, Caleb Farley, and their number one big free agent in Bud Dupree. Once they get everybody healthy, Harold Landry, by the way, of course, as I mentioned earlier, not on the practice field, just imagine what these guys could look like once they're all out there. And remember, the defense doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be top 10 good for this Titans team to make a big run at the Super Bowl. It just needs to be average. And from what I've seen on paper and from what I've seen on the practice field, I think there's a chance for them to absolutely take a big step forward. Will it happen? We are a long way off from figuring that out. While things continue to cruise along at Titans camp, we've got some more wild news from Indianapolis Colts camp that Titans fans should be paying close attention to. Houston is a total dumpster fire and is largely irrelevant. Jacksonville is mildly interesting and could be mildly annoying in 2021, but won't challenge the Titans in any legitimate way in the AFC. So all attention for Titans fans should be directed northward to Indy. But things continue to unravel for the Colts, at least for now. Carson Wentz is out 5-12 to 12 weeks after foot surgery. Nick Foles is basically begging to be traded from Chicago. Pro Bowl center Ryan Kelly is out for a few weeks. Darius Leonard isn't practicing, and tackle Eric Fisher might miss the start of camp, recovering from a serious injury at the end of last season. Well, now the Colts' best player is out for an extended period of time as well. All-everything guard Quentin Nelson had surgery on Tuesday for the exact same injury as Wentz, a broken foot. The timetable is exactly the same, 5-12 to 12 weeks, it was his third surgery of the offseason. And while Nelson took to Instagram to tell everyone that he aims to be back for week one, which could be the five in the five to 12 timetable, if everything goes perfectly, it's hard to imagine that this offense will not be affected in terms of rhythm and productivity and efficiency due to all of these injuries. Three-fifths of one of the best O-lines in the NFL is now out, and the injury-prone quarterback who was trying to rehab his entire career is also now out. There is a reason the Colts went from a slight favorite to win the AFC South to the Titans now being the prohibitive favorite to win the division. Tennessee is now minus 120 to win it, and the Colts have dropped to plus 180. In fact, knock on all the wood you can find, the only training camp in the division that is going according to plan right now is right here in Nashville. As a reminder, the Titans will play the Colts in week three on September 26th, which would be about eight weeks from the surgery for both Nelson and Wentz, and we'll face them again in week eight, which would be about 13 weeks from the surgery. Just some dates to know and some numbers to consider. Either way, all of this is bad news for the Colts, and all of this is good news for the Titans. It was rainy. It was on the road. It was against the best team in the Eastern Conference. The captain was in the broadcast booth, and most of the best players were on the bench. And Nashville SE still managed to play excellent defense and keeper Joe Willis produced his eighth clean sheet of the season in the nil-nil draw against New England on Wednesday evening. A host of starters were not in the lineup and facing the best team in the league, Nashville mostly focused on controlling their own third, which they did quite well for the first two-thirds of the game. But as the match wore on, Gary Smith started reinserting his top offensive players, Hani Mukhtar, CJ Sapong, and Randall Leal, and the boys in gold controlled the final 25 minutes of action, playing mostly on the front foot for the most critical chunk of the game. 
Now, none of their chances landed and ultimately gave them the win, but they looked like a totally different offensive team with their big guns back out there, and it made for some excellent drama over the final 25 minutes. Either way, it is a draw on the road in bad conditions without a lot of your star players against the top team in the table. That is a quality evening of soccer from Nashville SC. The boys will play their third game in eight days when they head to Miami on Sunday. Even though there was a match on Wednesday night, we still have a golden nugget for you from the guys, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, over at the Club and Country Podcast, your podcast of record covering Nashville SC. Each week, we try to offer you a small nugget of information to make you a smarter soccer fan. And this week, the guys take a look at what has made this team so good at building a quality roster. This year, you can say that first-year players have combined for four goals and one assist this season, 20 matches played, and eight total starts. And so, Tim, my question for you, is this club, in your opinion, particularly good at identifying talent? Is it developing that talent, or is it simply providing the right opportunities at the right times? It's a mix of all those things, but where would yeah. you lean if you're, if you're naming what they might be particularly good at along that spectrum? I obviously alluded to this earlier, but I think the identification and and finding the right opportunity at the right time are probably the biggest two. Yes, this club is developing guys, and that's through both the coaches and the leadership they have of the veterans. But it is finding guys who have the opportunity to make that that leap in their game and finding the right time for them to hop onto the field and show that they've made that leap in their game. That depth, of course, was on display Wednesday night against New England, regardless of the outcome. And... Of course, all of the credit for that roster composition goes to the excellent work by general manager Mike Jacobs. Make sure you check out the rest of the Club and Country podcast this week with Wes and Tim out every single Tuesday covering Nashville SC and only on the 440 Sports Network. The 440, of course, is brought to you by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm, and they will not let you down. That's basically it. They do fantastic work to make sure that you love your home. And oh, by the way, make a little money on it on the side. Check out the website, buildkg.com. You know where to go. And remember the name, The Kingston Group. Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Please go vote for the podcast on the best of at thenasvillescene.com. That's right. Go vote for all of the 440 Sports Podcasts. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, August 5th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.